Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. In this episode of The Greener Way, we're talking about investing in social housing with Casey Taylor from Conscious Investment Management. By any conceivable measure, social housing is a crisis in Australia, with a variety of potential mechanisms being levied to solve the problem, including the federal government's national housing accord struck between government, institutional investors, and industry to help tackle this issue. Conscious Investment Management has invested in several specialist housing projects as part of its investment mandate. And Casey will talk to us about Conscious Investment Management, how they approach the issue, and the role that private investment can play in solving this problem. Casey, welcome to The Greener Way. Can you introduce yourself a little bit further and talk about your role at Conscious Investment Management? Absolutely. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me on. My name is Casey Taylor. I'm based in beautiful Gadigal country today here at our office in Darlinghurst, Sydney. I'm a director at Conscious Investment Management, or, or SIM, which people often refer to us as. Conscious Invest is a dedicated impact investment funds management business. We were launched in 2019 with a mission to invest into assets that create a fairer and more sustainable world where both people and the planet can thrive. In setting up SIM, our objective was to help investors overcome the barriers or challenges that have existed historically to impact investing. Things like a lack of access or deal flow, steep transaction costs, uh, or investments not suiting desired return or liquidity profiles for investors. And so our goal was to really institutionalize and scale the impact investing market here in Australia. And so we seek to overcome these barriers to deliver investments that are authentic, um, accessible, and scalable. And so we're fortunate that over 500 investors that have joined us um, on that journey so far, including um, high net worths, family offices, large foundations, and, and a handful of institutional investors. Um, but to, to really help narrow in on the part of in, the impact universe that, that we focus on, we're focused on investing in real assets, predominantly in Australia, across three core themes being environment and climate, health and education, and social infrastructure. And today, uh, we've invested around $300 million into assets like distributed rooftop solar, carbon farming, specialist disability accommodation, and social and affordable housing, which we'll talk more about today. It's such a fascinating area, Casey, um, and I've been very respectful of the approach that SIM has taken in developing that impact methodology and investment structure. So obviously, as I referred to at the top, social housing specialist accommodation is at crisis levels here in Australia. Um, so what role can private investors like SIM play in solving for this? And how do you approach this specifically? Well, you're very much right in, in your introduction. There is um, a kind of the housing market's dire um, in Australia and globally to a large extent, and there's an inadequate supply of housing, particularly for those on low incomes. And, and that's really a result of three things coalescing. Uh, firstly, house prices rising at a faster rate than incomes. Uh, secondly, the cost of renting rising at a, a rate higher than wage growth, and that's particularly driven by soaring interest rates of late. Uh, and thirdly, the proportion of total housing stock designated as social housing has fallen to less than 5% nationally over time. And so with this as a backdrop, you would think that there is a huge opportunity for investors to contribute to the solution of this problem. And yet strong, um, we're seeing strong demand from investors, um, uh, private sector investments into social housing to date, you know, has been few and far between. And the reason for this is rents are, are often capped at below market rates based on tenants' income. And so naturally, investors with fiduciary duties like superannuation funds are unable to invest into social housing as they can't achieve market rate returns relative to their other residential property investments. 
And so at Zoom, we we sought to overcome this problem and, and solve for that gap between tenants' ability to pay and market rate rents. And in 2021, we partnered with the Victorian government and a, a leading community housing provider called Housing First to invest up to $150 million into what we think is Australia's first large-scale non-bank finance social housing program. And I'll, I'll kind of get into a bit more detail to pr- bring this one to life, but the key enabler here is really the involvement of the Victorian government who pays a contribution to top up rents to market levels, which enables the investment to work for profit-seeking uh, investors. So to bring this to life a little bit, um, firstly, SIM managed funds um, source and finance the acquisition of new housing stock. Those properties are then head leased to our community housing partner, Housing First, who then subleases uh, properties to tenants. Those tenants pay a contribution to rent and the Victorian government tops up that rent to market level rents through a government subsidy payment. And then under the transaction structure, um, we, we share in risks with our community housing provider and with government. So um, our community housing provider takes on risks that, that they're best placed to, things like occupancy risk or tenant damage or credit risk, for example. And then as investor, we take on risks that we understand, like property market risk, for example. And so we're passing through some operational risks um, that you might otherwise face in residential property But the investment on a risk-adjusted basis after doing this um, not only solves um, or helps solve the housing crisis, but also creates an attractive risk-adjusted return for investors. Um, I want to probe in on one aspect of your model, Casey, if you don't mind. Um, you know, just in that that first transaction that you just talked about, you talked about partnering with government, but also with a not-for-profit housing um, trust. Uh, and that's something else that I've really appreciated about SIM, that where you go and do transactions, you will work with a not-for-profit that serves the community that you're seeking to house. Why has SIM gone in that direction and how does that assist um, with the investment mandates that you're putting together? Uh, I'm glad you asked that. It's a um, It really goes to the core of our operating model here at SIM, which is something that we've um, not very creatively called our impact partner model. Um, but, but partnerships are essential to impact investing. Um, we know that we can bring capital and structuring exp- expertise to the table, but we often don't have lived experience of a particular social issue that we're trying to solve for. You know, we didn't grow up in social housing necessarily or what we haven't managed property investments that house vulnerable or complex cohorts. Um, and so it's critical that that we um, kind of, you know, have humility and we partner with counterparties that do have this deep frontline operating experience. And these organisations are typically not-for-profits. So in all of the social investments that we've made today, we partner with not-for-profits and they're, you know, all highly values-aligned organisations with a, a really deep understanding of the end beneficiaries that our investor capital aims to, to support. So our community housing providers are all um, kind of large, sophisticated tier one organisations, but um, they understand the needs and aspirations of tenants, which we just, we know that we don't have the, the you know, the kind of in-house experience to to do that. In, in saying that, um, we partner well, but we've also started to make a really targeted effort to recruit into our team um, people from diverse backgrounds. We've got nine people in our team across Sydney and Melbourne, and they come from both banking and finance backgrounds, but importantly, um, also from the not-for-profit sector themselves. And this really enables us to walk between these two worlds of in, uh, investing uh, and impact and uh, enable us to to manage our assets to improve financial returns and reduce risk, but ensure that our investments deliver the positive impact that we intend in our impact thesis at the outset. 
It's I've got to say, Casey, it's uh, not every day you hear an investment manager talk about having humility when it comes to the investment process. Uh, what do you think that that <laughs> humility brings, uh, if I can be a little bit lighthearted, uh, in terms of the way that you either find these projects or find your partners? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, it's, it's a core value of ours to to be humble in the way we approach our partners. We, um, we very much are conscious that we we don't have all of the answers. And so, um, without first-hand experience, you need to rely on the experience of people that have different experiences and different skill sets. And so, for example, you know, we could come into a new housing transaction and say, you know, let's buy 200 apartments and, you know, we don't need car parks because it's in inner city Melbourne, for example. Um, and, you know, the, the public transport's really great. But when we set out to make that first investment in Melbourne, we we did a, um, a round table with a bunch of people with that frontline operating experience um, or direct experience themselves, um, and they taught us that we uh, that the social housing tenants, their car is often their most valuable asset. So if they've been sleeping rough, if all of their belongings are in their car, for example, they might say no to um, no to kind of leasing up to that property unless they've got access to a car park. So really acknowledging that we don't have all of the answers and that we can learn from the not-for-profit sector, you know, is kind of what we mean when we talk about humility. I love that. I absolutely love that. And so how do you then iterate off of that? You know, that's one example here in here in Melbourne, um, you know, but as you're approaching, you know, deals that you've done in Sydney or in uh, or in Adelaide, or I think also up in Queensland, where what does that lead you towards, particularly when you're developing social housing projects? What things are you now aware of that you're listening for when you're putting together these sort of transactions? Yeah, um, so we've learned a lot, um, uh, particularly in relation to social housing over the last couple of years. And as you've mentioned there, we've started to replicate um, and scale up this this model um, interstate now. And we think we've got a kind of fairly core blueprint in terms of transaction structuring and kind of how the economics of an investment work. But you know, we, we walk into any new partnership with a new not-for-profit open to to their ideas of how the tenancy model might work or the um, the type of housing um, that we're seeking. Um, so the investment criteria in, from a property and tenancy perspective will change um, state to state, but our core investment criteria and what we're solving for from an economic perspective, you know, is fairly kind of standard. So I can hear a lot of passion in your voice, Casey, when you're talking about, you know, this sort of transaction and solving for the problems of, of social housing. You know, what keeps what what brings you to the desk in the morning when you're looking at deals like this? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, look, it doesn't really feel like work, to be honest. Um, I've been kind of in the impact space for um, for a number of years now, and, it, and I kind of still pinch myself that this is that this is real work. Um, I guess my best days at work are, are most definitely when um, we're out on site, kind of working with hand in hand with our um, with our partners and getting to meet some of the end beneficiaries that are supported at our assets. That's such a privilege um, mm-hmm. for us to be able to um, to kind of have those experiences. And and I know that for a lot of investors, we, we have several hundred of them now. They don't get that same kind of direct access to you know, um, seeing kind of the real world impact that their capital has had. And so that's a real privilege for me to kind of be one step closer to um, to the end beneficiary and to see kind of results and, you know, people's lives change as a result of, um, of investor capital. So it's, you know, it's a real privilege to be able to kind of put your kind of financial skill set um, to work each day, but knowing that you're leaving the world a better place. Excellent. And then finally, as our time together draws to a close, Casey, um, what's your vision for the future or what's Sim's vision for the future when it comes to leveraging impact, investing and solving crises like social housing shortfalls? 
So we're very optimistic about the role that impact investing can play, as you can imagine, <laughs> in solving large scale problems that, you know, that society and our planet faces. Um, we're particularly energised to see uh, governments engaging with private capital to address the housing crisis. Um, and we're, of course, excited to continue to see investors increasingly move beyond ESG um, to incorporating impact investing into their portfolio um, and for purpose housing specifically. We know the the problem is far bigger than than our little business, um, but the role that we hope that we can play is to to be an early mover and to unlock new asset classes for others like social housing, and then to try and demonstrate what best practice looks like through things like robust and transparent impact reporting. That way, when much larger pools of capital like the superannuation sector look to come into social housing, uh, there's a blueprint and an evidence base for, for what works and we can help others not only access investments, but to do so with the benefit um, of the learnings that we've had uh, along the way. Fantastic. All right. Well, Casey Taylor from Conscious Investment Management, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you like today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Greenaway Podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greenaway Podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.